and welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to the rebel girls and riot girls in the music industry and why they matter. Each episode will feature songs by bands you just need to hear. So if you think you're ready, I will see you in the front. guys and welcome back to rebel hearts this is episode 23 today i'm going to be talking about double standards in music and this all started when i had a realization while in the car on break at work i write sins not tragedies you know the 2005 banger from panic at the disco's best and life-changing album i favor you can't sweat out duh um, a lot of you probably know where this is going. I write sins. Brendan Yuri actually has the line where he says, what a shame the poor groom's bride is a whore. And that's interesting, right? If it isn't, let me continue. A Fever You Can't Sweat Out actually came out in September of 2005. However, I write sins was not a single until April of 2006. In June of 2007, Paramore released Riot. But in May of 2007, they released the single that exploded them into the mainstream. And that song, my friends, is called Misery Business. Now, we have two songs released almost exactly a year apart from two bands on the same record label. Both bands, coincidentally, had newfound success with singles that contain the same word. That word is whore. It is in 2017, and I looked it up, and I haven't seen an apology or even any article calling it out or even mentioning Brendan saying the word. In fact, at shows now, he even makes it worse by saying so slutty or big whore and so on. Meanwhile, in 2017, I have seen Haley make at least three public apologies for using the word. She has been called a bad feminist, has been told that she slut shames and can't be a feminist, and so on. As of this album cycle, though, maybe even earlier, but I didn't really notice, Haley has chosen to omit the lyric at live shows. I have mentioned in episodes that Haley has apologized numerous times. I have kept you guys updated on every time she has apologized, and she has even taken to Tumblr and also recently talked about it on Twitter and for ID Magazine. Now, I want you guys to just listen to the comparison between Brendan and Haley live. Yeah. 
Now, another case of musical double standards was highlighted in 2015 when Demi Lovato was harassed and shamed over posting a picture of her in a fucking bathing suit. Meanwhile, Justin Bieber was on Instagram literally butt naked and people commented the exact opposite, saying he's beautiful and turn around. And the worst part of it all is that Demi has been in recovery for an eating disorder that's very publicly known and it's heartbreaking whenever anybody criticizes her body in any way. The comments on her were like, cover up, oh my God, nobody wants to see that you're such a slut you're this you're that and then meanwhile Justin Bieber's was all you know take it off take more off turn around all this nonsense and it was just absolutely disgusting and to be honest you shouldn't even be saying that to a man either don't say that about Justin Bieber don't say anything about anybody like that in any regard for any gender ever Um, there was an incident uh, about a week ago where Harry Styles was performing and a fan, well, he crouched, crouched down during a song and some fan like grabbed him right in the crotch area and he was a little taken aback by it and there's been a lot of debate about it and I don't understand how this is a fucking debate because I'm sorry guys, but that sexual assault, you should not be touching people without their consent. I don't care if they're famous. Fame doesn't mean that they're less of a person. I've been tweeting a lot about this on the Paramore crew recently, how I believe that fame and celebrity is old this big facade and it's just something that society made up to basically touch and stalk people and it's okay because they're famous or they're a celebrity but in reality no you know what you do for a profession what you do as a passion what you do as a hobby it shouldn't define how people treat you or how they it's just it doesn't make any sense to me unless you're hurting somebody unless you're a vile disgusting garbage human being running the country um you shouldn't that shouldn't define who you are being a musician doesn't mean that you should be grabbed inappropriately being an artist doesn't mean that you should be able to be stalked because you're famous being an actress it's it's all ridiculous to me you know fame is such a made up concept you know money and magazines and followers and all of this bullshit doesn't matter there's still people behind these accounts there's still a person behind the instruments and behind the magazine covers and everything so I think that everybody just needs to regroup a little bit and how they think about celebrity and fame because it's really all made up we made it up guys that's just all there is to it it's not real there are real people behind these professions so I want you guys to think long and hard about that because it's really been bothering me I especially um, recently Paramore was just in Mexico and there's a video online that somebody had posted where they were at the airport and they got swarmed by fans and it's just it breaks my heart because I I wouldn't even ask my friend if I saw my friend in public I wouldn't even ask them for a picture you know if you're not comfortable asking your friend for something randomly or even tweeting about somebody else's business like there was a lot of stuff going on recently with um with Paramore I don't even know what happened I didn't really involve myself in it but Taylor tweeted something about it and it really offended me because not Taylor didn't offend me but 
what people are doing to them offends me because if you wouldn't tweet your best friend's personal business on Twitter, what makes it okay for you to tweet somebody who you don't know's personal business on Twitter, you know? And even if you met them a couple of times, even if you've talked to them a couple of times, you really, they're still kind of strangers to you. You don't know them, you know, you don't talk to them on the regular, you don't know their fucking business. So don't tweet it. You know, it's, it's not cool. If you, if you really want to talk about it, talk to somebody in a private chat about it. Talk to somebody like one-on-one. Don't tweet it to the fucking internet. It's absolutely absurd. And I'm sorry for getting off topic, but there's a lot of stuff that happened in between me writing this episode and me recording this episode that I just wanted to address. And I've been ranting about it on the Paramore crew. So if you guys really want to see my rants, you can check that out on Twitter. It's been the past couple of days. But getting back into this, um, I found a really disturbing article where Iggy Azalea talks about why she had to stop crowd surfing. I didn't even know she was really crowd surfing, but I found this article and it was really fucked up. She said, when you're a musician, you agree to live in the public eye. For female musicians, apparently that means becoming public property. Actually, she didn't say this. The Huffington Post said this. During a recent interview on the radio station Hot 97, Australian rapper Iggy Azalea mentioned that she had to stop crowd surfing because too many people were fingering her. I will get lurk tweets for like a week before my show. Like I'm about to go to an Iggy Azalea show and I'm going to finger her and I'll see it and be like, please don't. That's a violation. I don't actually like that stuff. She explained that threat of being sexually assaulted is so extreme that in order to perform, she needs barriers between her and her audience. She regularly wears two pairs of underwear and tights under her clothes. How fucked up is that? Seriously. Like, what world are we living in where that's okay? We have an artist who, you know, by my, <laughs> I don't really think Iggy Azalea is like a prime example of a good person, or I don't really like her music that much. It's for Black Widow, that was a jam and a half. But holy shit, guys, these are real people. I don't care what you do for a living. This is a person. Do not touch her inappropriately. Like what what goes on in people's heads where they think this is cool or okay? Like you get to tweet that you fingered somebody who's quote unquote famous and you got to make them extremely uncomfortable and now they have to wear two pairs of underwear and have a barrier between them and their fans and they can't even enjoy their own show. What is wrong with you? And oh my gosh. The ultimate proof, I think, of double standards was in the 2013 VMAs where people took more shots at Miley than they did at Robin Thicke. You know, the guy that made a whole number one hit about sexual assault? Yeah. People did nothing but talk about how Miley was dressed and this and that and the other thing and how she was dressed slutty and provocative and how she's a bad role model and how she's a bad example and literally everything under the sun. Meanwhile, Robin Thicke literally wrote an anthem about sexual assault. Listen to Blurred Lines. Watch the fucking video. It's not good. And it's ridiculous how that was a number one hit and how nobody, nobody said anything. You know, everything was fine and good. I still think that everyone thinks it's fine and good. You know, it's just boggles my mind like yeah Miley wasn't a prime example of what you should do at an award show but even she said you know she's having fun it's a persona you know it's the VMAs it's supposed to be crazy it's supposed to be outlandish she was literally portraying a caricature of herself she has said it on numerous occasions you know my hat is off to Miley Cyrus for all the shit that she was doing on that tour for bangers because 
I'm sorry, if I'm paying a lot of money to see somebody perform, I want to see them be outlandish. I want to see them perform. I want to see a show like within within obvious boundaries. I I want to see a show like entertain me. If that's your profession, you like doing it, that's what you're getting paid to do. And I am a consumer and I'm paying for it. Yeah. You know, do something that's just more than singing because she sings really, really well. I could just listen to her CD if I wanted to hear her sing. But my hat is off to Miley Cyrus and all the crazy shit that she did on that bangers tour. My endless, you know, regrets for not going because that would have been a sight to see for sure. And moving on from that, Lemonade was a prime example of how a woman making a record about a man doing her wrong is being bitchy and on her period. But Eminem can literally talk about punching his girlfriend in the face and setting a house on fire with a woman tied to a bed and nobody bats a fucking eye. In this article from The Guardian, Beyonce was talking about her self-titled record that ex- uh, explored all sorts of sexy songs like Rocket and Partition alone pushed the boundaries as far as women exploring their sexuality. I mean, let's call it for what it is. Beyonce wrote the female masturbation anthem of 2013 with Rocket. And while I'm here, let's not forget Haley Steinfeld and Charlie XCX following suit in 2014 and 2015 with Love Myself and Body of My Own. In that Guardian interview, it said, in a forthcoming interview, Beyonce has called out the double standard standard of contemporary sexuality, proposing that her latest album has opened up a conversation about women being sexual beings and not just victims. Men are free and women are not, the singer wrote in an email interview with Out Magazine for its May Power issue, her first feature since debuting her self-titled album in December. The old lessons of being submissives and fragility made us victims, but women are so much more than that. You can be a businesswoman, a mother, an artist, and a feminist, whatever you want to be, and still be a sexual being. It's not mutually exclusive. With its frank lyrics about female power, desire, libido, envy, and sex, Beyonce's self-titled studio album surprise release last December has been received as a kind of mission statement about empowerment and third wave feminism. But although Beyonce seems happy that people are talking about these ideas, she says that the songs weren't deliberately political. I really set out to make the most personal, honest, and best album I could make, she said, free from the pressures and expectations of what I thought I should I should say or be. Being that I am a woman in a male-dominated society, she continued, the feminist mentality rang true true to me and became a way to personalize that struggle. Ultimately, she said that she had more on her mind than the relationships between a man and a woman. What I'm really referring to and hoping for is overall human rights and equality, she said. It's meant as a vision for anyone who considers himself an oppressed minority to be just who we want to be and love who we want to love. In 2013, Charlie XCX also spoke about double standards while still in her studio album cycle for True Romance. The article says, One of music's brightest rising stars, Charlie XCX, real name Charlotte Aitchinson, has received much praise for her recently released debut album, True Romance. Though she's found there are some who detract from her efforts because of the young songstress's desire to work with others. Although collaborations are the norm in today's pop music market, Aitchinson says her capabilities as a songwriter and musician have been called into question purely because of her gender. Claiming her detractions XTL when they belittle her achievements as being dependent on collaborations. As she recently explained to Music Feeds, even though she shares the same producers as many predominant male acts, Aitchinson feels she cops more than her fair share of criticism. I share the same producer as Vampire Weekend and as Theophilus London, and 
as Usher and also with Justin Bieber. But it feels like I get more shit for that than, say, Vampire Weekend or Theophilus London would because I'm a girl. It makes it worse for me to collaborate with somebody because it means that I'm not good enough to do it on my own when actually I just wrote a worldwide hit for some others of fucking awesome girls, Iconopops, I love it, who are absolutely smashing it around the world at the moment. I think that proves me as pretty as being pretty capable. I don't see why that puts me at a lower level than guys. It's a real shame. It's like it makes me less credible because I'm a female because I'm collaborating. Whereas when people look at Vampire Weekend's record, it's totally fine because they're guys. And I think that's terrible. I really do. Despite dealing with double standards and misogyny, Aitchinson maintains that other people's gender-based assumptions won't keep her from pursuing her goals in the matter she seems fit. I know that I'm a talented and worthy artist, and I know that I'm a good songwriter. I really don't see any shame in collaborating with artists or producers. I love collaborating with people, and it's not because I'm dependent on that, but it's because I enjoy working with other people, and I always think two minds are better than one. Another artist who I have actually spoken about is Grimes. Patrick and I did an episode where he spoke about her and how important she is to have in our generation while also touching on her sexual assault. Musicfeeds.com also talked about her Tumblr post where she called out double standards. Musicfeeds writes, Grimes had posted an open letter on her Tumblr page, setting the record straight on the assortment of matters, including materialism and sexism. In the letter Grimes writes, I'm done with being passive as the Canadian musician pulls no punches concerning the behavior of peers, media, and the public alike. In the extensive post, Grimes, real name Claire Boucher, addresses those who attempt to be overtly physically familiar with the 25-year-old performer. I don't want to be molested at shows or on the street by people who perceive me as an object that exists for their personal satisfaction. I don't want to live in a world where I'm going to have to start employing a bodyguard. I'm tired of creeps on message boards discussing whether or not they'd fuck me. Moving on, Boucher talks about double standards within the music industry where certain expectations and limitations are placed on the young solo artist due to her gender. I'm tired of men who aren't professional or even accomplished musicians continually offering to help me out without being asked. If the fact that I'm a woman makes me incapable of using technology, I'm sad that my desire to be treated as an equal and as a human being is interpreted as hating men rather than a request to be included and respected. I don't want my words to be taken out of context. I don't want to be infantilized because I refuse to be sexualized. I don't want to be molested at shows or on the street by people who perceive me as an object that exists for their personal satisfaction. I don't want to live in a world where I'm going to have to start employing bodyguards because this kind of behavior is so commonplace and accepted. And I'm pissed that when I express concern over my own safety, it's often ignored until people see firsthand what happens. And then they apologize for not taking me seriously after the fact. I'm tired of men who aren't professional or even accomplished musicians continually offering to help me out without being asked, as if I did this by accident and I'm going to flounder without them, or as if the fact that I'm a woman makes me incapable of using technology. I have never seen this kind of thing happen to any of my male peers. I'm tired of the weird insistence that I need a band or that I need to work with outside producers. And I'm internally grateful to the people who don't do this. I'm tired of being considered vapid for liking pop music or caring about fashion as if these things 
inherently lack substance or as if the things I enjoy somehow makes me lesser of a person. I'm tired of being congratulated for being thin because I can more easily fit into sample sizes from the runway. I'm tired of people I love betraying me so that they can get my credit or money. I'm sad that it's uncool or offensive to talk about environmental or human rights issues. I'm tired of creeps on message boards discussing whether or not they'd like to fuck me. I'm tired of people harassing my dancers and treating them like they aren't human beings. I'm sad that my desire to be treated as an equal and as a human being is interpreted as hatred for men rather than a request to be included and respected. I have four brothers and many male best friends and a dad and I promise I do not hate them at all. Nor do I believe that all men are sexist or that all men behave in the ways described above. I'm tired of being referred to as cute as a waif, etc. Even when the author, fan, friend, family member, etc. is being positive, I have so much love for everybody who has been cool and amazing. I have the best job in the world, but I'm done with being passive about any kind of status quo that allows me to suffer or to be disrespected. Grimes World Tour is officially over, the Visions album cycle is officially over, and I'm now taking the time to overhaul everything and make it better. Much love to every fan. Stuff can be lame sometimes, but it's really cool to have the support. Her Tumblr post is no longer available, but what I read above from music feeds seems to be her entire Tumblr post, so you guys can view that in the link that I'll put in the show notes. Now, taking a break to play you guys the first song of the episode. The band is called Small Talks. They're from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They have a great sound and almost remind me of Julian Baker, only with a full band instead of just an acoustic. The song is called Cop Car from their EP Until It Turns to Pedals that came out in May of this year. So here is Cop Car.
Again, that was the song Cop Car by the band Small Talks from their 2017 EP Until It Turns to Petals, available on their website. Singer Kaylee actually just spoke about musicians and mental health for Get Alternative. A couple of snippets that she said that stuck out to me were... Even before recent happenings with Small Talks, our drummer and bassist stepping away from the band because of mental and physical health issues, the topic of mental health and musicians has been weighing heavily on me after most recently Chester Bennington's suicide and all the others before him. I wonder why no one has spoken up in a loud way about the tie between musicians and poor mental health. I'm going to get into detail with this because a lot of people don't understand why musicians suffer while chasing a career in what they love. As a musician, you spend all of your time risking things and giving up the comfort of a normal lifestyle to chase a career that you don't know will ever actually take off. You give up time with family and loved ones, putting stress on your relationships. This is why your favorite DIY band, guy or girl, is single or is in and out of relationships. Imagine being halfway across the country getting a phone call summoning your family passed away while you were gone. Neck Deep's Ben Barlow's a father passed away while his band was on warp tour you live with a constant worry that whatever you've already given up or done isn't enough that you will never make enough money to live and you will live with society's judgment because before your band makes it you're basically seen as a jobless kid who didn't go to college and nothing more to them and this is just the general surface of it all and yet i wouldn't change what i do because i love all of it even the struggles it's all passion if you're wondering why musicians keep doing this if everything is so terrible why keep it up why push yourself passion. There is nothing else in the world that would satisfy me more besides this. I want to make music. People tell you to find a job that makes you happy so you never work a day in your life, and that's what music is to me. The come up is the hardest part, but you still find, you still see successful artists who make who made their dreams come true ending their lives. So I'm convinced the pressures won't fade even with financial success. I want more people to start talking about this. I want there to be ways to handle the pressures. I want there to be a huge focus on the mental health of touring musicians from therapists and psychologists. But how can anybody help if they don't understand why or how bad the problem is? If most people never hear about the mental strain of the musician's life because the glamorous life of rock stars is the only thing they see, how will they know that we need help? You tell someone about a depressed artist and they put it off as the fact that they're an artist. Artists are just prone to feeling more, they'll say. Talk to a therapist or someone capable of truly helping and asking what a musician's lifestyle is like. They probably first think of a rich megastar with no real financial problems. I want to see something get better. So I started talking. If you're an artist, you should too. If you read this and you aren't an artist, maybe you'll be more inspired to buy a shirt next time you like a band, to ask them how they're doing, offer to pay for their next meal, bring snacks or water to the show. Anything you can help makes it easier, even just truly listening as they pour their souls out on stage. Um, read the full thing on Get Alternative. There's going to be a link in the show notes. I just um, pieced together a couple snippets. They're not in order, but definitely read the whole thing. It's super grabbing. It's totally everything that somebody either in the music industry or not even in the music industry should read. Mental health is a serious issue, especially with the Chester Bennington suicide. Everything has just come up and not really been dealt with. And I think that we as people need to do better. And I think that we need to get more educated. And I think Kaylee did an incredible job putting out her feelings on mental health. And I definitely think that she had a lot of incredible points. So definitely in my show notes, if you read anything from the show notes, at least check that out because it's a really good read. 
Now, getting back to double standards. In 2015, Taylor Swift was being thrown to the wolves for her Shailene Woodley-type answer on feminism for Maxim magazine, but she also touched on her feelings towards double standards. Maxim asked her, you've become more vocal about feminism recently. What changed? Taylor Swift said, honestly, I didn't have an, an accurate definition of feminism when I was younger. I didn't quite see all the ways that feminism is vital to growing up in the world we live in. I think that when I used to say, oh, feminism's not really on my radar, it was because when I was seen as a kid, I wasn't as threatening. I didn't see myself being held back until I was a woman. Or the double standards in headlines, the double standards in the way stories are told, the double standards in the way things are perceived. A man writing about his feelings from a vulnerable place is brave. A woman writing about her feelings from a vulnerable place is oversharing or whining. Misogyny is ingrained in people from the time they are born. So to me, feminism is probably the most important movement that you can embrace because it's just basically another word for equality. In 2016, Taylor called out double standards against her amongst the Kanye West famous lyric and the Grammy speech she made to match. She told Time magazine, you know, I went out on the normal amount of dates in my early 20s and I got absolutely slaughtered for it, she said. And it took a lot of hard work in altering my decision making. I didn't date for two and a half years. Should I have done that? No. Bustle actually uh, had a quote from Taylor saying, in a new interview with Time, Swift points out the female artists have to prove themselves way more than men when it comes to their music. And she's exactly right. Swift has a hand in every song she releases, and she wrote her third album, Speak Now, completely on her own. But she still faces the same issues. It's not a new thing for people to question whether or not artists actually write their own music, but Swift is calling attention to the fact that majority of artists who are being questioned are female. We all know it's a feminist issue. My friend Ed Sheeran, no one questions whether he writes everything. In the beginning, I liked to think that we were all on the same playing field and that it became pretty obvious to me that when you have people sort of questioning the validity of a female songwriter or making it seem like it's somehow unacceptable to write songs about your emotions, that it somehow makes you irrational and over-emotional. Seeing that over the years changed my view. It's a little discouraging that females have to work so much harder to prove that they do their own things. I see Nicki Minaj and Iggy Azalea having to prove that they write their own rap on their own lyrics and it makes me sad because they shouldn't have to justify it. Now, I can't remember if it was Taylor herself or the fans that said it. At the Grammys that year, Sam Smith won and during his speech, he said... Just a quick one. I want to thank the man who this record is about, who I fell in love with last year. Thank you so much for breaking my heart because you got me four Grammys. <laughs> and everyone praised him. Meanwhile, Swift made a speech similar at the VMAs in a previous year, and she said, This is just awesome. I also want to thank the person who inspired this song, who knows exactly who he is, because now I got one of these. Thank you so much. Now, my opinions, yes, I do agree that it is a double standard. However, Taylor Swift made an entire career out of being a victim. I know that sounds like I'm throwing shade, but I didn't make a podcast to sugarcoat anything. Taylor has been writing about breakups and boys since her career has started. It's her thing. It's what she's literally famous for. It may be considered a double standard, but also she did make a career off breakups. So this is a fuzzy area for me. Sam Smith actually recently alluded to being non-binary, even though they haven't really officially come out and said it exactly. The article from SBS.com says the 25-year-old discussed how they experimented with clothing and makeup in high school, despite being bullied for the way that they looked. People don't know this, but when I was 17, I remember becoming obsessed with Boy George and Marilyn. There was one moment in my life where I didn't own a piece of male clothing, really. I would wear full makeup every day at school, eyelashes, leggings with Dr. Martens, and huge fur coats for two and a half years. I got teased a lot for it, but there are also people respecting me for walking around like that in my school. 
Smith was then asked whether they feel like a cisgendered man, to which they replied no. I mean, I've got these tattoos on my fingers. I don't know what the title would be, but I feel just as much a woman as I am man. This is so huge and so great. I hope that they have full support behind them and that this becomes more public and talked about and that they officially come out as non-binary. But for now, I think that everybody should respect they pronouns, they and them for Sam Smith. And speaking on Nicki Minaj, she talked about double standards in her documentary she did in 2013 called My Time. This is what she had to say. When I am assertive, I'm a bitch. When a man is assertive, he's a boss. Bossed up. He bossed up. Yeah, he bossed up. No negative connotation behind bossed up, but lots of negative connotation behind being a bitch. Donald Trump can say, you're fired. Let Martha Stewart run her company the same way and be the same way. Oh, evil But Donald Trump, he gets to hang out with young and have 50 different wives and just be cool. Oh, Donald, we love you. Donald Trump. But when you're a girl, you have to be like everything. You have to be, you have to be dope at what you do, but you have to be super sweet and you have to be sexy and you have to be this and you have to be that and you have to be nice and you have to, it's like, I can't be all those things at once. I'm a human being. I don't mean to be ranting and raving like this. I don't, don't use this footage, please. It's just gonna make me look stupid. Sad and hilarious what she had to say about Trump seeing is how he's supposed to be running our country right now. At the end, she says, this is going to make me sound stupid. And I just want to say that I think that that's a general reflex whenever women stand up for themselves against sexism and double standards. It's really fucking sad and I wish it wasn't like that. Now, double standards get even worse when sexual assault and abuse get involved. Kesha has to deal with victim blaming and people attacking her. Rihanna never got justice while her abuser never suffered a major career hit. And it pains me to mention it because I love Justin Timberlake. But can we just talk about how Janet Jackson was uninvited to the Grammys that year while Justin Timberlake, who actually was the one who was responsible for the entire Super Bowl incident of 2004, not only attended, but won a Grammy for Crimea River that year? Yes, that's not Justin's fault or really his problem, but come on. Janet Jackson was literally a victim of the situation. He pulled her top off and showed her nipple on live television. ABC News reported that Janet Jackson is not banned from attending or performing at any future halftime shows. However, they did mention how she was uninvited to the Grammys. They said later that week, Jackson's invitation to perform at the 2004 Grammy Awards telecast was withdrawn. She was the re-invited with the caveat that she apologized for the halftime show. She declined. Timberlake did attend and won the award for best male pop vocal performance for Crimea River. In his speech, he once again apologized for what happened during the halftime show. I know it's been a rough week on everybody, he said to the audience cheers. What occurred was unintentional, completely regrettable, and I apologize if you guys were offended. Also, they talked about how it affected more more her than him. They said, meanwhile, Jackson suffered the biggest backlash. Viacom, the owner of CBS and its subsidiaries, blacklisted Jackson's music and videos and her next album, Demita Joe underperformed compared to the previous ones though it still managed to debut at number two on the billboard 200 
Months after it happened, she called the incident truly embarrassing, but told USA Today, there are much worse things in the world, and for this to be such a focus, I don't understand. She also questioned the ferocity of the attacks on her at the time when Americans were divided over the Second Gulf War. It was just perfect timing to take everyone's focus off other things, she told the newspaper. That's what happens, and it happened to me. Female performers at the Super Bowl also took a hit. The NFL turned to more classic rock acts such as the Rolling Stones and Bruce Springsteen and did not feature another female act until Madonna performed in 2012. Although Timberlake never made a public apology to Jackson, he did cover one of her songs during his 2013 tour, which was seen as something of an apology. Again, none of these things are Justin Timberlake's fault. However, he is the one who was wrong and Jackson is in fact the victim and the victim being a woman seems to mean they're lesser of the two. Justin is performing the 2018 halftime show and let's hope nothing like that happens like in 2004. Shifting away from double standards to finish off with one more woman who has experienced sexism while being on tour. Alternative Press did an article back in August where Becky Bloomfield of the UK pop punk band Milk Teeth discussed the sexism and misogyny she has faced. The article says UK pop punkers Milk Teeth's front woman and bassist Becky Blumfield tells us about her experiences with misogyny and sexism on the live circuit. Most recently this very month and we all have the responsibility as a community to obliterate this vile behavior. I didn't directly hear anything, but our tour manager was in the audience and this guy didn't know he worked with us and was nudging him and saying, oh, I'd fucking love to crack onto her tits and saying all of this really gross stuff. And our tour manager gave him a bit of a row about it, Blumfield recalls. We had a good show and then I got off stage and found out about it and it put kind of a damper on everything because I feel like I've worked so hard to be taken seriously. I even wrote an article called More Than Just a Pair of Tits. And for somebody to objectify me while I'm up there singing songs that are personal to me and that I put so much work into, I want to be seen as credible. It feels like a massive step backwards. If I had heard him, I would have called him out straight up, she continues. As a band, we've always been really against any kind of hate or anything that's disrespectful to people, whether it's their gender or their race. That's not cool with us and we will say something. And this isn't the first time that this has happened to Blumfield. One time we were on tour and a guy came up and kept edging closer and closer towards the stage while I was playing bass and I was in that zone. So I had my hair in my face, she recalls. I didn't really notice at the time, but he was basically insinuating oral sex and coming towards me. I had to get escorted out of the building. It's disgusting. I don't understand why. I mean, obviously it does happen to guys too, but I don't get why predominantly men feel like it's okay to act that way towards women. Girls obviously fancy the boys in the band. They think they're attractive, but girls aren't making sexual comments. It doesn't happen as frequently. So I guess it's not that women are victims, but it seems targeted in a different way. So how should we tackle this issue? Draw attention to it. Be vocal and call it out, Blumfield says. If you keep it quiet and don't say anything, then it almost feels like it lets these people off the hook, she says. It gives this unknown sense of, oh, we're brushing it under the carpet, so it's okay, which it's not. The key is education, Blumfield suggests, to inform people what's acceptable and what's inappropriate. Help people understand why their behavior is not okay. If it's everybody's responsibility to confront this genuinely, Blumfield says, we are in a good position because we do have a platform, Twitter. As much as social media can be negative and there can be a lot of hate on there, it can be used for good too. It's just whether people put that out there and try and spread a good message. And at the end of the day, that's all you can do. If they listen or not, it's up to them. But all you can do is try your best. Blumfield says she's also noticed a lack of monitoring in the music industry and not knowing who to turn to when you're in a similar position as Blumfield was. If that happened to me in an office job, 
I'd have HR or higher up person I could go to and talk about it. When it happens in a public sphere, it's like, who do I, who do I go to? She asks. There are no repercussions when people say things. They get away with it because nobody comes down on them like a ton of bricks, which is why we have to keep calling it out. Becky's post also is called more than just a pair of tits. It's super powerful. She also says in that I'm going to start this article declaring that I come in peace. I'm not here to bash on the male gender by tarring all men working in the music industry with the same brush. There have been incidents in which I have faced isolation and mistreatment simply because I am a woman, which do need addressing. However, I think that there are issues of how people treat people in the industry, which need addressing regardless of their gender. There are some people in the industry who try to manipulate women and market them as if they are a product more than a person. There are situations where pressures coming from higher places arise and image becomes a discussion. Your personality becomes muddled and it's easy to fall into a trap of saying yes to everybody and changing yourself to fit an outside ideal. Never feel like you have to change yourself. Know that if you're surrounding yourself with the right people, they will take you as you are. Over the time I have been working as a musician in the industry, there have been a number of notable occasions that need calling out. I have had men ask to have a picture with me and aim for the tits down. I have had to be escorted out of a venue by my band and crew because a guy thought it was appropriate to leer towards me whilst I was playing and simultaneously mime oral sex. Security guards have belittled me publicly for standing up to their authority and trying to stop them from manhandling fans. When I shop for gear in guitar shops, guys talk to you like you're stupid and you don't have any under- understanding of how gear works. This also applies to sound engineers. On both my personal and the band social Social media accounts, guys have asked inappropriate sexual questions, stated what they would like to do to, to me sexually in graphic detail, and had the nerve to call me an ignorant bitch if I don't respond to their attacks. What's even worse is that this objectifying doesn't only apply to strangers. I've had people tell me I'm only attractive to them now that I'm in milk teeth, as if in choosing to do this, my flaws magically got fixed and I suddenly become palatable and I'm now able to be found attractive. I think in some ways that these things are to blame for why there are less women doing what I do and why we still face an inequality crisis around the world why would women want to put themselves into a scenario where if they do what they love in a male-dominated industry they just get treated as an object choosing to follow career paths sadly less commonly walked by a woman personally gives me a sense of empowerment where people may only pay attention to me initially because i'm a girl holding a guitar i'd like to think that once the magpie syndrome wears off the fact they're playing they're paying attention at all means people are listening to what i have to say that itself is progress so whoever you are step up and own what you are most passionate about no person can take away your desire or drive to do what you love a lot of the time the only thing supporting us from making what we love a reality is ourselves Hopefully, it won't be too long before the world catches up to the real definition of feminism and we do start to see gender equality across the board. Music industry or otherwise, until then, don't let the majority of assholes hold you back. Lastly, Alice Glass of the group Crystal Castles finally has come out and talked about the abuse she has faced while being in the band. She wrote a lengthy post about it on her website. I will let you guys read it, but... Here's how she opens it up. She says, Some of you may be aware that I've opened up about my experiences with abuse in the past. I've been very guarded about the information I've given and I haven't publicly named names because I've been afraid. I've been threatened and harassed and as a result, out of fear, I've been silenced. The momentum that's been created recently by many courageous women who have opened up about their own stories has inspired me to finally be more direct at whatever it costs. This is from my own recovery for the other women who have been, are currently, or may be in a similar situation with the man who abused me for years and for those in abusive relationships who are looking to stand up and speak out. 
She then goes on to talk about all the abuse she endured, and I encourage you guys to read it. But the last two paragraphs is where I am deeply emotional about. She says, I was miserable. My lyrics indirectly spoke to the pain and oppression that I was enduring. But as is sometimes the case in abusive relationships, his cruelty was often followed by kindness. He was very good at keeping his terrible treatment of me private. He was charming sometimes. He was hyper-protective. And most of all, I loved the band we had together. But he often told me how replaceable I was. He'd even tell me that he was actively looking for someone to replace me. He kept me insecure and on edge and then would tell me that he was the only one in the world that believed in me. He told me that it was just us against everyone because everyone else thought I was a loser, a joke, a talentless dancing clown. I believed him. I was suicidal for years. Leaving Crystal Castles was the single most difficult decision I've ever made. That band was everything to me. My music, my performances, and my fans were all I had in the world. I gave that up and started over not because I wanted to, but because I had to. As difficult as it was, I knew that leaving was one of the best decisions I've ever made. It has taken me years to recover from enduring almost a decade of abuse, manipulation, and psychological control. I am still recovering. I really hope you guys all read what Alice wrote, especially if you ever listen to Crystal Castles. Please take the time to read it. However, there is a light at the end of the double standard tunnel, kind of. Alternative Press did an article where male musicians told stories about the double standards they've seen with men and women. One of them was one of my favorite musicians, who is Kevin Devine. He said, the music industry is a microcosm for our culture at large, particularly with respect to its troubling tendency to prioritize at all costs, growing its profit margins at the expense of the mental and physical wellness of artists. While I do believe on the artist side, the industry is generally more progressive and inclusive than it isn't with obvious notable and visible exceptions, I do think it's still pretty heavily a boys club. And it's apparent that there are serious double standards from which I benefit and from which my peers who are women suffer. That goes way up and down the line. I see it most casually in my day-to-day life when we're loading in it at a show and the woman making the music running or running sound or tour managing are mistaken for someone's girlfriend or assistant and even when that assumption isn't made the tonality is usually markedly different between the boys and in mixed company i do think things are moving in a more honest and encouraging direction there's more and better dialogue happening and people myself included are always learning which hopefully results in an improved action and out and attitudes so progress whether it's small or large is still progress and I'm glad people are taking notice and educating themselves I felt like this episode would literally never end because there's so much to talk about with double standards but we can start here and continue to talk about it more as time goes on the last band I have for you guys is a really cool one they're called Ren and they're from Los Angeles California they describe their style as grunge alternative rock and I have to agree the sound is really polished garage band and is done so clever the song I have for you guys is called All My Friends, which is a single that came out this year. Before I play it for you guys, remember you can find me on Twitter at Rebel Hearts Girl. And for Paramore news and constant rants about fame is the Paramore Crew, Facebook.com slash Rebel Hearts Podcast. Instagram is Sam is Socks. And email me for anything at Rebel Hearts Podcast at gmail.com. I will see you guys at the front. Here is Ren. Best friends, they were all shit and they told me. 
I got a lot of